0: is the 77 wabc minicast this is the other side of midnight i'm frank morano it is no secret that we have covered ufos or uaps whatever you want to call them a great deal we have had every possible variety of guests on this subject we have had people who are so skeptical about the concept that they believe the very idea of intelligent life anywhere other than Earth is something better suited for a Star Trek episode. And we've had people who claim they were abducted multiple times. They're on a first name basis with multiple alien species. There have been people who claim that the U.S. government is hiding alien aircraft and in some cases even alien bodies. And we talk to people who believe the folks at the Pentagon are just as in the dark about this as we are. We've had journalists on and we've had people who proudly proclaim themselves debunkers. One thing that many of them have had in common, though, is that they so often cite the work of one man in part it's because his ivy league academic credentials are above reproach and in part it's because depending on where you are on the question of uaps or ufos there's something in his work that you can point to which may bolster your argument a few years ago avi loeb who is a professor of science at harvard university in fact he's the longest serving chair of harvard's department of astronomy he made international headlines by saying that he thought that uh, the comet amuamua might actually be an alien probe now he's got a new book out in which he details his journey to of all places the bottom of the ocean to prove or to attempt to prove extraterrestrial contact i'm very pleased uh, to welcome back to the program the founding director of Harvard's Black Hole Initiative, the head of the Galileo Project, a New York Times bestselling author, and the author of the latest book, of the newest book, Interstellar, The Search for Extraterrestrial Life and Our Future in the Stars, Professor Avi Loeb. Professor Loeb, it's great to have you back on the program. Thanks for having
1: me, it's a great pleasure. Uh,
0: Let's give people a little bit of uh, background with your journey that led to this book. I mentioned your work with Oumuamua, we've spoken about that before, that was a comet which uh, you said didn't look like a lot of other comets that we encounter regularly. Why does this metal at the bottom of the ocean that you write about in Interstellar matter? And why did you think it might matter?
1: Well, this was actually the very first object uh, that was uh, from outside the solar system. discovered by humans and uh, it was, uh, it collided with Earth uh, back on January 8, 2014 and the fireball that uh, was created as a result of its friction with air uh, was uh, spotted by US government satellites and what was unusual about it is it was moving very fast, much faster than necessary to escape from the solar system and so the conclusion that we drew five years later was that this indeed came from interstellar space. But moreover, uh, the USA government released the data about uh, where it exploded uh, above the Pacific Ocean, and we were able to conclude that its material strength was uh, higher, Uh, it was tougher than all space rocks, 272 of them, that were cataloged by NASA over the past decade. And uh, because it was fast and and very uh, tough, uh, uh, it came to my mind that it could be a voyager-like meteor. Just imagine our own spacecraft leaving the solar system and colliding with a planet like Earth far away. Uh, It would appear as a meteor of unusual material strength and speed. And to find out what uh, this uh, object was made of, Uh, I uh, led an expedition to the Pacific Ocean and we were able to collect the molten fragments uh, from the surface of this object when it exploded in the atmosphere. They um, uh, were collected from the bottom of the Pacific Ocean, about uh, a mile deep, across a region of uh, seven miles in size. These uh, particles were a millimeter in size, roughly the size of a grain of sand and it was very challenging to find them, but um, we did uh, bring the material back to Harvard University and analyzed it with the best uh, mass spectrometer that the world has to offer, and we realized that those uh, extra uh, particles that were found along the meteor path had uh, a composition that was never seen in the solar system, not on Earth, not uh, on the Moon or Mars or asteroids. Uh, So we concluded that for two reasons. One, the speed of the object, and the second is the composition. Uh, This is the first interstellar object that uh, humanity discovered. And uh, the next step is to decide whether it was technological in origin or uh, natural. Uh, And a simple way to tell that is by finding a big piece of the object, which we intend to do in an expedition uh, over the coming year. Um, so a follow-up to the previous one, we will use uh, different uh, tools to find those big pieces, and obviously we will be able to tell the difference between a rock and a technological gadget, because a gadget may have uh, buttons on it or screws, and uh, we would be able to say perhaps what its purpose was.
0: Well, and that leads me to my next question, which I guess is the most obvious one. Just because an object is from outside the solar system, how do we know if it's alien technology? Couldn't it have been just a naturally occurring meteor from outside the solar system?
1: Yes, so uh, one approach that we took already is to examine the composition, the, the material making of uh, what came from this object. and. Uh, For example, just imagine molten droplets from semiconductors or from computer screens. They would have um, abundances of elements that are very different than what uh, you find in rocks uh, because semiconductors use specific elements that are rare in nature. And uh, indeed, we found (laughs) in the analysis that we did, we found some elements that are more abundant than solar system materials by factors of 100 uh, these are elements like beryllium uh, lanthanum uh, uranium we call this composition be- belau for these elements uh, but um, it's unclear whether that is because it was used for technological purpose or because it's uh, natural from some very unusual origin and in the paper that we wrote we mentioned uh, that it could have uh, originated from uh, a planet that has a molten magma, a magma ocean, basically the rock is melted uh, on the surface of that planet, then you can separate elements. And those that we find will be more likely to be on the surface of the object. And the other elements will sink uh, towards an iron core near the center because they have affinity to iron. So there is a natural process that could give you the kind of composition that uh, we discovered from outside the solar system. But uh, obviously if we find a big piece, we will be able to tell.
0: Your process for digging up this ma- material, this metal at the bottom of the ocean, the expedition sounds like it could be a movie in and of itself, and I know you cover it in the book Interstellar. Tell folks how you went about acquiring these
1: materials. Right. Actually, there is a movie. Ah, uh, of course there is. There were, is. were actually uh, uh, of the order of um, 50, 5-0 filmmakers and producers who approached me before the expedition, they wanted to be on the ship. I chose one. Uh, And uh, uh, so it will be hopefully out to the public within a year or two. But uh, um, the first challenge was to get funded because this expedition cost us one and a half million dollars. And I just uh, announced it after we had the the government data on this meteor and within a few months um, uh, Charles Hoskinson came forward and I didn't know him he arranged the zoom meeting with me and said "Uh, you have the money so that um, allowed us to to move forward and uh, I recruited a team of uh, about 28 uh, individuals Uh, They are the best uh, among uh, ocean expedition leaders and uh, some engineers some uh, navigators and so forth and Um, and um, we built a sled with magnets on both sides that we dragged on the ocean floor uh, with the ship. It was connected by a cable that was uh, three miles long,